This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Over the past few weeks, countries around the world have seen an unusual increase in the number of children with severe unexplained hepatitis or inflammation of the liver. So far, around 200 cases have been reported globally in children aged from one month to 16 years old, and more than half of those have come from the UK. This is still a very rare disease, but the sharp rise has caused concern among scientists and clinicians, not least because 10% of the children affected have become so ill they've needed a liver transplant. We don't yet know what's behind this. The UK Health Security Agency and others are investigating possible causes. So we at ECDC will continue to monitor uh, this event and work with the teams in the countries reporting cases to see what uh, is behind this. But there are some clues. As we collectively step out of lockdowns, other viruses are on the rise again alongside COVID. So what do scientists think is going on? And how concerned should we be? I'm Ian Sample, The Guardian's science editor, and this is Science Weekly. Deirdre Kelly, you're a professor of paediatric hepatology at the University of Birmingham. First off, can you just describe to us what severe hepatitis actually is? Hepatitis means inflammation of the liver, which means it gets swollen, and it's a non-specific response of the liver to any form of injury. It could be a drug, it could be a poison, it could be a virus. It is a response to damage, and sometimes if the disease is very severe and the damage is quite extensive, there's also a rise in bilirubin, which produces jaundice and makes children and adults look yellow. And when did health authorities begin to realise that something unusual was happening in children? Our colleagues in Scotland, in Glasgow, were the first to draw national and international attention to the fact they noticed that they had an increased number of children with severe liver disease and severe hepatitis, for which they could find no apparent cause. But it's quite well known that in the springtime there's always a slight increase of these indeterminate hepatitis is for which we don't find a cause. But this year, the numbers were exceedingly high. How high are we talking here? Well, if I give you the figures from Birmingham, in 2018, between January and April, we saw five similar cases. And this year, up to April 2022, we saw 40 in the same time period. So it is very concerning. But I think only um, 10% of these children have required a liver transplant. 
that would probably be about the usual proportion in a normal year. This is obviously very concerning for people like you in your field and, and for parents alike. I mean, you're now urgently trying to work out what's going on. Do you have any clues so far as to what might be happening? Well, there's a few things that we know it isn't. None of the children have been vaccinated, so it's not related to COVID vaccination. That's really important. The second theory is about 70% of our UK cases have adenovirus in their blood. Now, adenovirus is a normal virus that affects children with gastro symptoms or respiratory symptoms, but it rarely causes liver damage in normal children. And these are all very normal children before they develop the hepatitis. So clearly adenovirus is a possibility as a cause or a trigger. Is it also important to be looking at the genetic makeup of those adenoviruses that were identified, or maybe even looking for new viruses, viral combinations and so on that could be at play here? Um, yes, they're looking for abnormalities in the adenovirus. Yes, definitely, they're doing that. But as far as I'm aware, no abnormalities have been identified as yet. The other possibility is that these children may have had past COVID infection. Currently, only a minority of them are co-infected with COVID, but they may have had it in the past, and this may have changed their immune defences so that they're more susceptible and I think then there is the possibility that there may be more than one cause. There may be a virus we haven't as yet identified, although the UK HSA is looking hard for any unusual viruses. There's also been some suggestion that lockdowns may have played a role in what we're seeing here. How would that work? Well, when once infants are born, they have some immunity from their mother, which has been transmitted during pregnancy. And of course, if the child is breastfed, they have additional immunity from their mothers. And that can last up to about 18 months. And so the babies are protected to a certain extent from the everyday viruses. And uh, as most parents will know, once they start going to nursery or preschool, they get one virus after another, and their parents then also get one virus after another. But their bodies are primed to recognize and defend them against these viruses when they're little. And the more viruses they're exposed to, the better their immune system. So these children who were not going to nursery or going to school for long intervals during the pandemic will not have had that opportunity to develop that immunity. So they're not as robust against new viruses. You also mentioned that COVID infection might have affected children's immune systems. I know this is all highly speculative right now, but what could be going on there? We're still learning about COVID-19. Um, we're still learning about its long-term effects. We know that it affects the brain in ways that we hadn't anticipated. And it may well be that um, it affects the immune system. There's a whole series of diseases which we call autoimmune, in which the body reacts against its own tissues, and they're often thought to be triggered by a virus. So it is possible that the COVID is a trigger for switching the immune system on and off, or certain aspects of the immune system on and off, which makes people more susceptible to other viruses. The UK HSA will be looking at the genetic makeup of these children and looking at their immune defences and responses. There are also other possibilities that are probably tricky to rule out at the moment. I don't know if some other sort of environmental factor could be to blame or a contributory factor. 
Well, it's difficult to know, I suppose. The cases are not geographically clustered, so it's not as if they're all coming from a particular part. So pretty well spread around. So it would be hard to say there's a single environmental factor other than the rise in the viruses, the change in weather and, and so on. I mean, I don't think air pollution and other things would be an issue here. It would be very unusual if this was a toxin or something like that. So how are you and other scientists investigating which of these hypotheses might be the one that's at work? There's a fairly detailed plan to collect samples of, from the children and um, in time perhaps also from their family. So they will be looking at um, tissues, explanted livers, blood tests, um, tests for their immune system, DNA to look at genetics, and then a very detailed clinical summary about any potential issues in the family or any other comorbidities, any other diseases, any other drugs they might have been taking. So a very detailed clinical history and collection of data, which will then be analysed and they can see whether there's a pattern, uh, whether they have uh, defects in certain areas that might make them vulnerable. I think it's important to reassure any parents listening that this is still rare. But if anyone listening is thinking, gosh, what do I need to look out for in my child? Is there anything you'd say? I agree with you. We, it is important that parents and families get this in perspective. Although it's a serious effect on the liver, it is a still a very small number of children affected compared to the population of normal children of that age. The signs to look out for are, are tummy ache, um, vomiting and diarrhea. These are very common symptoms in children with infection. But if the child becomes yellow, if their eyes go yellow, their skin goes yellow, then it's really important that they seek attention from their GP or take them to the local hospital because they shouldn't delay because a small percentage may get sicker and it's important that's picked up early. Deirdre, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure, thank you. Thanks again to Professor Deirdre Kelly. You can keep up to date with our reporting on this story as it evolves at theguardian.com. And that's it from us today. The producers were Madeleine Finley and Anand Jagatir. The sound design was by Tony Onachuku, and the executive producer was Daniel Stevens. We'll be back on Tuesday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.